Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey, I'm Ryan Mallory, and this is my Swing Trading the Stock Market podcast. I'm here to teach you how to trade in a complex, ever-changing world of finance. Learn what it means to trade profitably and consistently, managing risk, avoiding the pitfalls of trading, and most importantly, to let those winners run wild. You can succeed at the stock market, and I'm ready to show you how. Hey, everybody. This is Ryan Mallory with Swing Trading the Stock Market, and today's podcast episode is going to be about covered calls and also a little bit about personal hardships, trading during personal hardships. I think that's an important topic to address as well. The guy who's emailing this show, he's a repeat emailer. And I always like this. I always tell people, don't just stop at one email. If you have a good question, there's no reason why I can't make a second podcast episode out of your question. So yeah, if you're out there, you're listening, it's like, man, I wish I would have asked him this the first time when I wrote the show, send me another one. I like him. So this guy, we're calling him B Money, just like last time. Last time he asked me about what does it mean when you're short in the stock market. This time, a little bit more about covered calls and some personal matters that we'll discuss in not so personal of a manner because it's on the podcast. So <laughs> he writes, hey, Ryan, great podcast. This is my second email to you. You actually used my email regarding what is shorting the stock market really mean, and I gave you my name, B Money. Anyways, you say how you like to hear our stories, and I listened to your August 14th podcast or sometime around there, and I realized our stories are very similar. I'm 47. I lost both of my parents in my 30s. I lost my oldest brother just two years ago. I got divorced at 37, like totally blindsided. I was a single dad of three kids just trying to survive. I had to move to a different city because my ex took the kids there. We had 50-50 custody. It was rough. I was left with $60,000 of debt with no family to help me. Plus, I was alone in a new city where I didn't even know anyone. Not to mention the financial albatross around my neck. What I learned from all of this is that everything happens for a reason and to trust God. Maybe you could give advice to single parents trying to pay all of their bills while still trying to invest. I know I have had to pay about $1,700 a month in child support. Good grief. So I know it's not easy. Well, fast forward 10 years and now I'm with an amazing woman who has done wonders for me and my kids. We are all doing well and I am thankful for the many blessings in our lives. So that's basically my story. Glad you shared that story with us. It's really good. And believe it or not, a lot of times when you share your stories about trading, investing, and just how it intertwines with your personal life, there's a lot of tidbits to pick up in there. I know this is a swing trading podcast, which I personally don't do. What? <laughs> I'm more of a buy and hold investor. However, your lesson of setting stop losses have been beneficial and one of the most important ones anyone could take from you. I love your line of manage the risk and the profits will take care of themselves. What are your thoughts on selling covered calls? I sell covered calls, but not near a dividend X date. In Canada, we can sell puts unless you have $100,000 in a margin account, so I don't do that or spreads. Just sell covered calls for the premium or at a price that if I get assigned, I don't mind taking the premium and the profit at the strike price. I would love to hear your comments 
on this. God bless. Be money. First of all, I didn't know that in Canada you had to have a $100,000 in a margin account. That's new to me. See what I mean? When you guys write, I, I learn stuff from you guys all the time. I've learned stuff about the Australian markets, the Canadian markets, all sorts of good stuff. Sometimes I have to do some research on these podcast episodes too because we're dealing with matters that I might not know all that much about. So first of all, the personal story, the personal background stuff, I will tell you this. I've been married twice, divorced once, and very, very happily married right now. I'm married to the most wonderful woman in the world. I, I honestly couldn't do a day without her. I really couldn't. Uh, she she just makes every day in my life just absolutely wonderful. And I'm not trying to act like that life is perfect or everything goes exactly the way I expect it to. It doesn't. Didn't do it today. But at the end of the day, I have a wonderful woman in my life, and I golly. I couldn't, I couldn't possibly be more thankful than that, than I have for anything else in my life. So with that, divorce is very difficult. And I would say trading during a divorce is very difficult. I traded during a divorce and it wasn't easy. I remember being at court and I'm trying to decide whether or not to close out a certain stock or not. You know, I had, <laughs> literally had an ex on the stand talking about me, talking about me in ways that I did not much appreciate. And I'm trying to figure out whether or not I should be closing out SPY or letting it ride or whether or not I should be getting into another stock or staying in cash. And, and it's, it's stressful. Divorce is brutal. I remember death, you know, losing a brother. I wasn't necessarily actively trading at that time. I was 19 and I had, it was during a time of my life where things were pretty quiet from a trading standpoint. But four years ago, my mother passed away. You know, and I took about a week, week and a half off from trading. But I can tell you, you got to step back at times. And if you don't do it, you're only putting yourself at risk. One of the main reasons for it is because sometimes you gain a little bit too much perspective. And the reason why I say that is, you know, when things are going normal, when things are going routine, winning and losing in the stock market probably takes on a little bit more of a heightened importance. You know, you're, you're focused on the risk. You're making sure that you're managing the trade. You're taking profits at where you should. When somebody dies in the family, all of a sudden, that kind of stuff, managing the risk, swing trading, trying to be profitable in the stock market, seems a little bit less important. And by a little less important, I probably mean a lot less important. And it's easy when you're going through those times when you're mourning and when it's difficult from a trading perspective to where all of a sudden you're going to be like, you know what? I just really don't care what it does. I don't care what the stock does. Let it go to zero. I could care less. I miss my mom. I miss my dad. I'm, you know, if, God forbid, if it's a kid, you don't want to see that either. I watched my parents. They lost a son, my brother, when I was 19. He was 25, was very unexpected, died of testicular cancer three weeks after he was diagnosed with it. And uh, I can tell you, I mean, it. by the grace of God, they came out of it pretty well. You know, I mean, they were sad. They were sad that they lost him, but it was devastating. And I tell you, if my dad was a swing trader at that time, he could have probably cared less what happens to his trades. You could have had him YOLO into AMC with, you know, calls expiring tomorrow and it needs 100% just to reach the strike. And he wouldn't have cared because when you're going through those difficult times, the importance of money, the importance of what your trades do matter a lot less than they do during normal routine times of life where you don't have those kinds of just heartbreaking stress. And so just like with death, same thing with divorce. 
I mean, divorce is kind of like a living death where you're just you're going through something that's very agonizing, very difficult. It just feels like you're being beaten on daily, and it's not good, especially when it's very contentious divorce. I'm always amazed when people have divorces and there's not distress involved. Everybody just seems like they go away being friends. I've heard about it. I know people that have had that, but it always blows my mind that people can actually say that they're able to do that. I feel like divorce is such an awful thing that the stress and trying to trade stocks at the same time just really does not work very well. So to be money standpoint, you're going through these kinds of things. When you become a single parent, all of a sudden you have a lot more responsibility. I knew I was taking my kid to school a lot more. I was picking them up from school a lot more. I was involved in the teachers a whole lot more. Because when you're a single parent, you have the responsibilities, at least when you have him in your care. And in my case, I have my son 50% of the time. You have a lot more responsibility on your plate. And so in this person's case, he pays $1,700 a month of child support. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of stress. I mean, that's more than a lot of people's mortgage payments. And so that can be a lot more additional stress. But you have a good spouse, a lot of spousal support there. That can make or break a trader. I mean, my wife, most supportive person in the world when it comes to my trading. And I appreciate that because I came from an instance where that was not always the case. And that was very difficult. And I'm not here to try to, you know, say who was right or wrong in a previous marriage or anything. But just from my perspective, things were very difficult for trading. And it created a lot of stress at times. So the difference is, is somebody that supports you. You have confidence in what you're doing. And right now, I I tell you, the market has not been all that easy to me this week. I didn't even feel like it was that easy last week. You know, you have a lot of moves in the market where you're ramping up higher in the morning time only to fade in the afternoon or vice versa. And it's very hard to get direction. It's very hard to navigate a very choppy market, especially one that sends a lot of false signals. I mean, good grief. I was in Netflix today, guys. I got into like 435. I was, I was playing this bounce off of support. It looked like it was holding support. It was doing setting up pretty well. It started moving up to like 436, 437. Okay, this is going to be a good bounce play. I kid you not, by the time I went to the bathroom and came back, the trade was stopped out. Fortunately, there's a good lesson to using stop losses there. Guys, I guess the CFO came out and said something about the revenue, that it wasn't going to be as strong in 2024 or, or about the ad revenue being you know further down the road than expected. I don't even know what the exact news piece was, but it killed my trade. I mean, like within an instant. And if you're going through hard times, that kind of a trade, if you have a spouse that's not supportive of what you're doing or if you are going through a divorce or you're going through a death, that stuff can really drive you to pure madness. So the takeaway here is, is if you're going through difficult times, that's not always the best time to be you know, trying to swing big for the fences or trying to, to make it big as a swing trader or a day trader or anything else. Long-term investing, that tends to be more passive. You're not having to check it each day. But from a swing trading standpoint, it's important not to add additional stresses to your life when you're already stressed out to the max. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And as a single parent, a lot of times you're strapped for cash. You don't have a lot because like in the case of B Money, he's paying $1,700 for child support. In some cases, you're paying owl money on top of that. So if you're still trying to live in your apartment or your house or, or whatever it is, where in the world are you getting the money for additional investing? And that's a challenge. And perhaps during this season of life, and, and there's always different seasons of life, when you're going through the different seasons, you may just have to say to yourself, I really can't trade in a way that's going to allow me to make a huge difference financially in my life. I just not. I'm strapped for cash. I'm paying child support. I'm paying alimony. I had a wife die or a husband die, and it's left me financially, you know, depleted. It's actually shocking how much it costs to bury a loved one these days. I think it's like, what, you just get a coffin. I think you're like $4,000 in the hole or something crazy like that. But, I mean, it's incredibly expensive. And so no matter the life circumstances, there will be seasons in life where you can't really afford to lose even a small amount. And so that might mean that you do paper trading or you do trade with an amount. Maybe it's only like a few hundred dollars and you're doing fractional shares so that you're learning, so that you're honing in the skills so that when you do come across a time in life where you do have more money, you can actually apply more capital. Now, let me tell you, if you're strapped for cash, don't do this. But if you're not strapped for cash, check out swingtradeinthestockmarket.com. This is going to give you all my stock market research each and every day. That's going to include my weekly bullish and bearish watch lists, my daily watch lists of setups that I'm looking at, possibly trading each day. Plus, you're going to get updates throughout the week on big tech stocks. You're also going to be getting updates on the market overall. Some really, really good stuff. So check that out, swingtradeinthestockmarket.com. Now, what about covered calls? I mean, that was kind of what this podcast was about. And I kind of went down, you know, the dark and gloomy road. But I think that was important to do that. So I do use... Cover calls. I think they're pretty good from a long-term standpoint. If you have a stock that might not have a lot of volatility, or maybe it's in a pattern of a downtrend, but you still plan on holding it for the long term, you can sell calls against that. So for instance, in most cases, it's like every 100 shares, you sell a contract. And that gives you a premium. As long as it doesn't go above the strike price, you're getting the full premium from it. Then they get assigned your shares. But the key is, and again, I'm not an options expert by any means. I don't call myself one. I know how to do covered calls. I know how to do a lot of other types of options. The only ones that I really do is covered calls. And so I'll use them in my dividend portfolio. I'll use them in my long-term accounts. And they are helpful. The challenge is oftentimes finding a premium that is not likely to get assigned. That can be a rather difficult thing. Sometimes you might only get a few bucks off of a call contract by selling it. But when you're using it in your dividend account, it's actually a nice little enhancer to your current dividends that you're already getting for the stocks. So let's say you're in a stock and it has like a six or 7% dividend, but you can sell weekly contracts or you can sell monthly contracts. That's practically like getting another dividend. And so as long as it doesn't get assigned, you're making money off of that on a weekly or a monthly basis, however you're trading it. And if you do end up losing the shares, they get assigned to somebody else who bought the calls. Well, guess what? You still made money on the overall trade, assuming that the premium was above where you're entry price was at, you still made money. And you got to be okay with losing the shares potentially for a gain that you know might not have been as great as you were expecting. That's possible. But if you're able to continuously sell 
calls against a position over time, that makes a huge difference in the return on your shares, especially if you're getting a decent dividend from it as well. It's like an enhanced dividend. So yes, the answer, and I, and I didn't really get too much into the cover calls simply because I'm not as confident probably with diving into a lot of the terminology that surrounds options trading because I don't spend a lot of time studying and researching it. I tend to focus more just on price and volume on swing trades and buying the equities outright. But when it comes to my dividend portfolio or my long-term account, I do sell cover calls against it. It's definitely something that's uh, worth checking out, something that you want to become very familiar with before you do it, just so that there's no surprises along the way. But yeah, I think it's a great idea, great great strategy for trading. So if you enjoyed this podcast episode, I would encourage you to leave me a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to. If it's Amazon or Apple or Spotify, I like Spotify a lot. Leave me a good review. I appreciate that, man. Also make sure that you check out swingtradingthestockmarket.com. Really good stuff there. Plus send me your questions. Tell me your stories. I want to hear about it. You can get into the nitty gritty, man. I want to hear about what is going on in your life, how it pertains to trading, and I want to make an episode out of it. So send that to me, ryan at shareplanner.com. Thank you guys, and God bless. Thanks for listening to my podcast, Swing Trading the Stock Market. I'd like to encourage you to join me in the SharePlanner trading block where I navigate the stock market each day with traders from around the world. With your membership, you will get a seven-day trial and access to my trading room, including alerts via text, email, and WhatsApp. So go ahead, sign up by going to shareplanner.com slash trading block. That's www.shareplanner.com slash trading block. And follow me on SharePlanner's Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, where I provide unique market and trading information every day. If you have any questions, please feel free to email me at ryan at shareplanner.com. All the best to you, and I look forward to trading with you soon.